Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Ginny Klinga from Park City Valve and Fitting. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Ginny, thank you for spending time with us today. Well, thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be with the author of Unlocking Your Business DNA. Well, we certainly, you know, actually, that's a funny, the, 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 you're part of that book because we go back so many years. And full disclaimer, um, Ginny and Wayne Klinga, have been friends of mine since I think 1985, and we've been not only friends, but I've helped them professionally. And um, uh, why I wanted Ginny on is because it's an extraordinary business run by two extraordinary people, and Ginny's business acumen is uh, unbelievable. So we're going to share that today. Uh, Ginny, I guess the first thing we should start with is really how you and Wayne got started in that profession. Exactly. Be happy to. Wayne and I are husband and wife and have been for 46 years. And um, we were both uh, number one salesmen in our prospective careers after college. And someone came along in Wayne's industry and let's, for lack of a better word, say plucked Wayne uh, for possibly buying a small business which is exactly what we did. I chose to come on board within the next eight to 10 months. And um, the rest is history. And many, many years later, we are accomplishing what we set out our goals to do with the help of people like Tom Perone and others. And we went into an industry that has had its ups and downs. And we fortunately are still afloat. And we're very pleased at what we are doing at this time. The uh, the interesting thing, knowing the full the story behind all this, is that Ginny has a, an incredible business sense, how to run a business, and Wayne is the most is to me a genius in fabrication, um, a very bright guy, and I believe that's the greatest part of Wayne's uh, ability to fabricate particular custom made. Uh, parts and issues and systems. So the two of them have two different, extraordinarily good talents. Um, and that, that would lead me to the second question, Jenny, is what are the things that you and Wayne did that really you think created a successful career? Well, what I think we did was we looked at the marketplace, which in the early 80s in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, was booming. And we fortunately took full advantage of it, both being salesmen, yet being complete opposites. Wayne is uh, better explained as a problem solver. 
and I am better explained as a businesswoman with um, a sales ability because people are my business. His business in his mind is solving a problem, which is what he has done. And that is the reason that we are still successful, because we keep our eye on the ball that is in front of us. If it's a customer that needs a problem solved, Wayne's eye is on that ball. If the business needs something to have another eye on, I do that. Well, you know, you know, in my book, I talk about uh, what makes success and what with some people and other people, you know, with the same talents, they really struggle to get, to be successful. If you had to kind of look back in your career, what do you think is the difference between someone becoming successful and someone just struggling to be successful in business? Actually, Tom, I believe there are several factors that all hopefully coincide with each other. However, the key factors, very simplistic, is that you need to be sure you have a marketplace in which to sell in, which we did. And you also need to be sure that you can secure capital in order to purchase the goods that you want to sell and then in turn grow at a slow pace and adjust to the changing market conditions, which are critical. And in the 80s, 90s, and now, they have changed dramatically. And that is critical that one sees that happening ahead of time. It's almost calling the future. Um, you really have to kind of look down the road and not kid yourself. Um, I, I, I was in Brantford the other day looking at some small shops that went in and out. And the first thing I thought of, Jenny, was exactly that. They went in with a great product thinking that the, the demand was there and it wasn't. They didn't do their market research. Um and as far as capital, boy, you hit it on them. I've seen you work bankers and people, and your relationships are very correct. Secure. And we've talked about you that. know, and you don't want to borrow any more than you have to. Right, you want to borrow what you need to get through something. And, and that's that's part of that business growth. And then you want to pay it back <laughs> as soon as you can, right? Well, as soon as you can, but. Um, you know, that brings us to a whole new discussion of, you know, when you talk about a business, it's what really is one of the, the key factors. First, you have to have a marketplace, but what else do you need? And, and the key factor is cash flow. Yeah, cash is king because obviously without it, you can't get the products, get the expansion you want to do. And and a lot, of, a lot of people do that. They go into business thinking they're making a lot of money. They start spending money uh, to upgrade their business and find that their revenue is not coming in. And that's when the problem starts. Um, that's correct. Ginny, uh, being in business as a businesswoman, what concerns you the most currently in business? Not so much your business, but ge- business in general. I would say um, the same things that have probably been around for years, but what concerns me the most is that the employees are treated with dignity and respect at all costs, and that they are treated as part of your team. We are privately held businesses. All these small businesses are all privately held, but without a team, 
approach, you really can't proceed to where you become very successful without recognizing the value of each individual. And over the years, you've had wonderful people working for you, and you I've seen you treat them very, very well. And you're right, because, you know, it, it does take a village. And That's you correct. Know, that person or those people that are, are that represent you are your valued customers. I mean, your valued employees that make it run uh, from the person that just smiles when someone coming through the door to the person that writes a check for the bill. You're absolutely right. Um, and I, I, I'm seeing some lack of that in, in business today, a respect for the employees uh, from some of the things I've seen. So I, I agree with you. Um, you clearly see it in today's world, and that's with that's prompted my response. What your question was, because I don't think you're seeing it, and and it is something that is almost intangible. You can't really, but it has to be done every moment that you're in your building, every moment that you're working your business, and it has to come from the top down. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's how you build the culture in the business. I talk about that in the book, that building a culture in your business is maybe one of the most important things because down the road, when you want to get out of your business, a lot of businesses will be selling to people that have worked for them for years because the outside market obviously can be crazy. Uh, or you just build such a good customer base that they just keep coming back. Like you guys have really have a great customer base, and it's all based on the way you've treated them and and your culture. And and in many ways, Ginny, your repeated clients are really like the people that work for you in a way. Interesting analysis, because I would agree with that. You'll find in my business when people come through our showroom we have a showroom a rather large showroom and we do both deliveries and pickups but everyone who walks through that do double door and they get a smile from every single person in here and if and, and it happens as i said from the top down so what does that mean that means an that means a prospective customer or an existing customer is immediately welcomed and they must feel special it is no different than raising uh, you, when you raise a family you want all of your children and all of your friends when you're visiting them or having a dinner party you want everyone to be special there's always something going on instead of nothing going on and that promotes the next avenue and sometimes you don't know how much business is available to you until you create a relationship and that is how we have continued to maintain a value going upwards. And it's done with genuine, it, it, complete honesty with the customer so that they know you're sincere in your optimistic approach. Uh, yeah, and I've witnessed that with your firm for almost 40 years now. And the relationships that you have are, are incredible. And that's why people just keep coming back to Park City. Um, I, I mean, I can't, those are value drivers that I can't stress uh, hard enough with businesses growing value judge uh, value drivers of just, that simple thing of just treating your employee, your of customers like their employees is, is really such a value. 
Um, Ginny, what are the key issues in your business that you have to stay up on? Interesting question. Well, the key challenges where the challenges really are created are internal. In other words, we must buy right in order to um, sell right in, in the sense of having the correct profit structure so that we can afford to be here and pay uh, our uh, payroll from week to week. And that is really the key is buying right and selling right. By that, I mean your, uh, you know, your profit structure and what changes we create changes in our business. Um, you know, we, as we move forward with a, a client, it doesn't mean his prices go up. That's not the uh, situation. What does mean is that your value to him goes up. So he continues to see you as a valued source. So you may change your purchasing habits if you find out that that customer needs some other areas, which we can broaden our scope in pipe valves and fittings whenever we need to, so that we continue uh, to change. And we allow that. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed the change over the years as you've progressed in certain markets and um, it, it is interesting. You've been very flexible in your business model and that's created a lot of success for you. I do have uh, to help people understand really what Park City does. Uh, let's talk about what you do for your clients, Ginny, specifically. Okay, sure. What we do for all of our customers, and it has clearly changed almost dramatically over the years. But let's use Lockheed Martin as an example. Korsky Aircraft has been here for many years, and we're very fortunate. Once we established that we were value-driven for them, they continued to buy more. And how does that occur? They realized that Mr. Klinga's ability to solve problems is very, very um, obvious. The minute he has a problem and he solves it, and they come back to him. Now, in doing that, going forward, we then had to shift gears through the years because when you were in a downturn, unfortunately, let's say you reduced your number of employees. So yes, that means that everybody has to do a little bit more and even more important to value the employees that you have. But as we have grown, we have changed our makeup of customer base. And that is where we went back to municipalities as in Bridgeport, pipe valves and fittings has changed. Why is that? Because people like Carpenter Steel are no longer here. People like Bridgeport Brass are no longer here. Bridgeport Machines was a very big customer in the 80s. So we changed all that. So we reduced our size, reduced our numbers as people retired. We chose, it happened coincidentally, as they retired, the business somewhat shrank. So we increased our value to the existing customer in order for us to maintain our business and stay in business. And we never overdid our own personal wealth at that time. It was imperative that we accept the marketplace for what it was giving us. And if it wasn't giving us as much as we had hoped, we had to adjust accordingly. 
you you work you were uh you were like an elastic as things changed which is very uh, a unique ability for a business to become an elastic and see excellent phrase you're right it really truly is you have to almost read it is over and over and we've talked about the reinventing of who park city is and other businesses but you know what sticks out though out of all of the changing that I've seen over almost 40 years now with Park City has been what makes your service a great service and a great product. Let's talk about that, Jenny. Okay. Um, there's a couple of key factors that do it and, and why they keep coming back. And this is somewhat of a simplistic concept, but taking nothing away from my competitors, of which I have several, but they're so large that I believe they've missed the boat in this area, which we've been clever enough to pick up on. And it's somewhat, as I said, a simple concept. If we're doing a pipe valves and fittings job on, let's use Lockheed Martin as an example. We can use the water company. We can use uh, the electric company, PSE&G. And if they're doing a job and they have to shut down a pipeline, on a Saturday, and they're going to pay their men time and a half or double time on Sunday. If they gave us a list on a Monday and they needed all of those items, what does Park City do that someone else we know does not do? And it's sort of one of our secret successes. It's our secret weapon. We ship complete. And why is that? Because when a man, when a team gets on a job and he's, he's got a big, huge, let's say a big five to 10 inch pipeline, you are talking about many men that are employed by, let's say, a Lockheed Martin. And are they going to get to the pipeline? And if they are missing, let's say, the gaskets that go in the valves, they're done. And you would say, well, doesn't somebody work on this ahead of time to be sure they have everything? Yes, they do. And that's the key to our success. We ship complete. And if we don't have everything, we call the lead man to tell him where we're at. So what does he do? He doesn't put on extra men until he has the entire package. That does not happen with all companies. And that has been probably the single most successful item that we have in our little bailiwick because we're small enough to respond immediately. We don't have to go through three or four purchasing agents. If someone calls us and says, this is our list, they're going through four and five different people before they make a decision to buy from us. But once they make that decision, and are we competitive? Yes. Because if you weren't competitive, you wouldn't still be in business. But the answer is to ship complete. Yeah, that's your your, – proposition position that's where you're so unique and isn't it funny when you scale back and become smaller people uh kind of look at that and say gee they're scaling back but that's giving you the strength to do exactly the 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 uh the item you're talking about right now that you were small enough to do this absolutely instead of having we have large inventories but we've reduced our inventory levels to where Financially, they make sense, and we also have a very keen sense 
as to if we're buying five valves to put on the shelf, we also know enough to get five gasket sets that go with those valves. Right. So every day someone comes in to buy something, we we very seldom say, well, we don't have a handle that goes on the valve or we don't have the gasket. When, I can tell you, large corporations in the state of Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, they are dealing with purchasing agents that read um, a report and tell them what they're out of, their A items and their B items, and they're shifting them off to several locations but they wait for a stock order. So to answer your original question, we never have a problem of waiting for a stock order, that we're very keen to what we're buying. Again, a unique position to be in, probably because of your size now. So (laughs) you're like the Speedy Gonzalez of the valve and fitting business. Now, Ginny, two more questions before we leave. And one of them would be, who is a good candidate for your service and product? Anyone who produces steam or a chemical or water in a pipeline where they have to maintain a facility. And that doesn't mean um, someone like a... A huge corporation would be a Home Depot. Yes, they have pipes behind the wall, but that's not who I mean. It's someone who's producing a product on a particular uh, pipe, uh, line, uh, assembly line. and we, we might be selling them fittings that go on their machines. We might be keeping that line running because it's a steam line that also heats their building. At the same time, they're making a product. And if they don't have all the component parts, then they're in trouble. So that means we're selling OEM items, original equipment manufacturer. We sell those items as well as the entire pipeline if they need to redo their pipeline. Why is Park City Valve and Fitting the firm to go to for this type of work? We believe it's because our reputation speaks for itself. In, in life, Tom, I I use this phrase many, many times. There are two things in life you never get a second chance at. And in your business, you never get a second chance or in your life of getting a new reputation. So you better make it a good one in the beginning. And you never get a chance at raising your children a second time. And our business, our reputation in business has maintained itself. Because top down, Mr. Klinga's reputation is extraordinary as his abilities are in solving problems. And we've proven it time and time again. The number of people, the proudest thing that I have weekly is when someone says, I'm calling you, Jenny, because so-and-so told me to call and speak to Wayne. I have a major problem, but I'm over here in, um, I'm over here in Armonk, New York at a, um, at a gas turbine engine plant. But he told me that he, I should call Wayne. And Wayne is called, and Wayne is called in on a job, and Wayne knows what he's doing, and he, he does it. An awful lot of our business is also done over the, believe it or not, it's done uh, you know, over the email, over pictures. Wayne is drawing pictures. They're drawing pictures, and they're sending us pictures now. As you know, business has changed due to the cell phone. Uh, all of these customers can send Wayne a picture of what's going on in their plant. It's been a tremendous help to us. 
to do that. But that's why we've been able to do it. And we work overtime if we need to. And our purchasing agent here is very in tune to what we need on the shelf at all times. One of our questions you and I discussed, which I think is critically important, good question that you perhaps had in your book, and that is um, you still have to make contact with the customer if you don't hear from them. And that personal contact, whether it's a note, whether it's I am personally on the road doing that when I need to be, whether it's handing them out a calendar uh, once a year, whether it's dropping off a complimentary pen, it is, it's connecting and reconnecting because it's the old adage, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you always want to keep, your, keep yourself in their thoughts. Because do they buy you weekly? No. Do they buy monthly? No, not all of them. But in order to maintain a customer base so that you're maintaining repeat business, you need to keep yourself in front of the customer's thoughts within reason. And then there are many customers that are constantly in contact with us because they have decided Mr. Klinga's value is above none, and that has maintained our ability in the marketplace to become very relevant. And we're known by many people for that. We're very, very relevant in the marketplace. You are. And the combination of you running the business and Wayne's genius in this area is amazing. And uh, I can <laughs> I can say it because I've watched it for almost 40 years. And, uh, and, you know, we have a wonderful relationship with the Klinga and their uh, what Ginny's talking about is right spot on, and they're a wonderful t- firm to work with and to deal with. Um, Ginny, we're out of time, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything you'd like to leave with us before we do go? Well, I, I think what I would share with business people is that when you have a downturn in business, you do not reduce your prices and give things away. You have to assess the marketplace and say, well, what is it that they need now? And people, because business takes a downturn, unfortunately, people sometimes assume you should also reduce your price in order to be sure you get an order. That is not the time to reduce your price. That is a very key factor in my business. Wayne and I feel the same way. Uh, We continue to maintain a very strong connection with the customer, and we, as a result of it, we weather a lot of storms. My final thought. Your final thought's a great one. Uh, and Ginny, of course, I appreciate you spending some time and sharing the knowledge and the experiences you've had as a business person. Thanks so much for coming in. And all the contact information of Park City will be in the show notes. So if you want to contact Ginny or Wayne, it'll be right there for you. Ginny, thanks for stopping in. Thank you, Tom. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly 
let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.